This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, many Canadians are reevaluating their careers. One thing that the pandemic has taught us is there might be pieces of our jobs that we don't really like. How do you future proof a new career? Uh, Claude Brule, president and CEO at Algonquin College in Ottawa, helps us understand how to start fresh, no matter how old we are, whether we're just adding elements of our career into our portfolio or starting brand new, and what kind of skills polytechnics offer as schools across Canada and in Algonquin. Pretty cool stuff. We take a deep dive into Ryan's coffee addiction. How much does Ryan spend on coffee every year? How much do you think? Well, it's coming up. Plus, are you okay with diapers? What about Cracker Barrel or self-checkouts? All of this and more coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? I, uh, I cashed in today. Uh-oh. I cashed in big time. I, coffee points for the oh yeah oh yeah i walked into my favorite coffee shop it was insanely cold today i was gonna do a long walk but it was one of those days where the wind hits your face and you're immediately like i should turn around but i was determined dang it to get that free coffee and uh i'm not gonna lie it was uh i think it was 15 coffees in total that you get a free or no was it it was, it was a weird number. It wasn't 10. Anyway, uh, the the baristas there at my favorite coffee shop, they know me. So the past couple of times I've been in there, they didn't just give me one stamp. They gave me two. And one time they gave me four. So, wow. you know, yeah, I'm, I like this place. Anyway, I finally hit the magic mark. I walked in. I slammed the card on the counter. I said, I'm cashing in. And they made me the coffee. And do you want to know what I noticed right before they put the lid on? What? Every single time I get a coffee there, they fill that latte to the brim. I notice a inch of coffee was not present in my cup. My free cup was a little bit lighter. And as I walked out, I went, that makes sense. I'll be back tomorrow. Another $8 well spent. So... Let's do the math, shall we? Oh, oh, no. oh God, oh, not math. Oh, no. Not How many math. 13, 13, you figure, coffees? Like some weird number? Yeah, oh. let's say 13, sure. Okay, 13. So you spent $104. No, I can give you my exact. Uh, hold on. Um, let me check my bank statement. Oh, goodness. I can tell you exactly <laughs> how much. You're okay, committed on average, to righteousness when this is how far six, you go. 628 with tip. I usually throw in like a buck or whatever. 628 for a coffee for my large latte. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Times 13. Wow, that is so terrible. I know. 81. Wow, 81 dollars. So yeah. you paid almost 82 dollars um to get almost a free cup of coffee. <laughs> My um, um, phone bill isn't even that much, to be honest. How many days a week do you go there? Here, oh, no, we'll have some fun with this. How many days a week do you go there? How much did you say it was? Six what? Six twenty five? Six twenty eight. Six twenty. I go there. Well, t- changes when I had COVID. I went several weeks without it. Uh, this was the okay, first well, week that estimate. I went back. Estimate. I would say I go. I get a latte a day. I don't always go there. I need to spice it up. But I, I would say on average, I. I spend at least six bucks a day 
on a cup of coffee five day five days a week, not on weekends. Right. Okay. Actually, sometimes I go to Starbucks on the weekend. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's uh, $44 a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when you talk about, um, I'm never going to be able to afford a down payment on a house. Well, yeah. Right? Just so you know. This is the, this is the I'm realizing I'm going to sound like your dad here through that naggy uncle, but I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. $2,285.92 a year on coffee. Okay, so if you take that over the course of 10 years from now, you have a down payment of $23,000 on a house. Now, is that going to be enough? You know, uh, 10% down, maybe, well, 5% down would give you, uh, well, $23,000. That's going to be, what, $43,000, $400,000 house deposit, 5% down roughly. So it just to be clear, like that does not include your avocado toast and all the other stereotypes of your generation. So, and you say that you don't want to drive a car because it's too expensive. So you spend that $2,400 a year on, on coffee. Uh, my son's insurance is, um, $2,800 a year on his car. So. Just saying, man, like when we, when we, and I, this is stereotype. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it because I'm going to group you in with all the millennials. I know you're like an 80 year old man trapped in a 25 year old's body. So you're very much more mature and wise. So I'm not diminishing that at all. But in all the conversations we've ever had about my millennial generation, we're never going to be able to afford a house. Oh, you could afford a house. You just got to choose. Okay. This is the the math here. It, look, I'm facing the math, and I hate math. Math and I do not get along. Well, no wonder you don't get along. It. I know. So I am. <laughs> I'm. Like... I'm happy to make an announcement right now. I will be mm. cutting my daily coffee intake to at least three days a week. Oh, okay. Three days. See, two days. How much is Saturdays? Be... Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'd rather not have a car. That's how much I love my daily latte. <laughs> I'd rather uh-huh. I'd rather take transit than give up my daily latte. That's how good this coffee is and how happy it well, makes me. So, you know, I think I'd rather just stick with the latte. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, I, here, okay. yeah. Steve there on the text line. Good point. Just purchase a high-end coffee maker. One-time purchase. Yeah. But the the problem is the pods for the Nespresso. I've looked into this. And the Nespresso you don't, you don't machine pods. pods are so expensive. Yeah. Okay. This yes. is where I'm going to get stereotyped you again. Uh, <laughs> this is very ironic of your generation looking for plastic wrapped coffee in order the only way to make coffee. Um, you could go spend fifteen hundred dollars on like legitimate latte machine, and you know what that thing takes? Not pods, grounds. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's hey, that's fair. Okay, the the or the, you could spend twelve ninety nine at IKEA and get a French press and have fantastic have coffee one cup at a time. I have a French. I'm going to sound really millennially here, but I really Go. don't like making French press coffee because it's fifty fifty on if it's good or not, and it's it's and I hate the cleanup. <laughs> I hate it. Like I hate legitimate French press coffee, real machine, legitimate, fancy like Ferrari of coffee machines is going to cost you one year's worth even if you wanted to um like we're talking as nice as it gets takes up your whole kitchen counter size of machine you could be selling lattes for six dollars each out of your dining room window okay i have an idea 
I have an idea. I'm moving into my new apartment at the end of the month. New apartment, fresh start for 2022. I have an idea. Okay. I will set aside some of my latte money, which is for my daily cup of coffee, which again, this is a very important part of my day I'm giving up. I will set aside some money and I will buy myself a proper coffee machine. And then we will do the math for one month compare it to what I spend on now to go get my coffee and to make it at home. I'm actually like, I'm serious. I'm very curious yep. how much okay. cheaper well, it is. But you can't do it with convenience-based coffee because the pods no, got, are expensive. I have grounds. I have a, I have a, uh, actually like a stockpile of, of really good grounds actually. Okay. Well then I sometimes uh, use in a different. 20 bucks at Canadian tire, $10 for a smart plug so you can turn it on from bed. And mm -hmm. it has no timer on it. It's nothing. It's just a coffee pot. See, the thing is, I need to make lattes. That's what I like. So I'm going to get a latte machine, which are not cheap. But there's one on sale right now. This side. Oh, wow. 40% off. That's a good deal. Um, so I'll get this one. And then we'll see. We'll do the math. I'm actually really excited about this. Okay. I'm actually really I feel curious. like I'm... I'm going to apologize. I feel like I'm really climbing all over here, but just so you know, 40% off is not a good deal. It's not how you do that. You actually just look at the price. So 40% off $10,000 is still $6,000, right? That's like the mentality of saying, I bought 10 of them because they were on sale. I saved $4. Well, you didn't save $4. You spent 36. No, it's, it's, it was 300 something and now it's 155. But that doesn't mean it's a good deal if it's $200 piece of crap. This has good reviews. I'm gonna have to do some research here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I look, and this is not my business, but man, I want you to. I, I hear your your conversations about money and getting ahead, and how you really want to do the things. And uh, and I feel bad now because I love you, and I want you to enjoy your coffee without spending five thousand dollars on yeah. it. See, I did this last year. I used to buy a $3 coffee every day when I worked in the day, when I was a daytime person, every day coming into work. And then I worked it out, and I was like, that's $60 a month. That's a whole lot of money. So I cut that out completely, and now that $60 a month goes into things like TSFAs, savings. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I went through, Rye, was parking when I used to work downtown was uh, the cost to park every month was more than I was putting into my kid's education fund. That felt very backwards to me. So I stopped parking downtown and started taking transit in order to get downtown. You have to look at those things. You have to look at where it, where it bleeds. You have to do it because the amount that we nickel and dime ourselves, um, you know, it, it's, it'll crush you. It'll absolutely crush you. And uh, I'm guilty of buying Strongbow. I mean, that's mine. So I'm not clear on this, but it's um you know these are these are these are real life things that people go through but it's not um you're not the only one well i'm aware i'm sorry do you feel beat up now it's okay i've got coffee to comfort me yeah. i don't need friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't know i i think you like the social part of it is what i would say i think you like being i like think you like having someone to say ryan good morning Oh yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. It's a fun part. It's a great shop. I like the walk. It's good. But then call me. I'll say. But I also would love morning. how to make my own coffee. To right. make make my own latte for sure. All right.
Uh, well, thank you for this, the economics conversation and showing your, your naked finances bare for all to see with your coffee habit here on the shift. I appreciate it. There's lots of text messages coming in and suggestions from people about how do you spend your money on, on coffee? Um, Imagine if you put that money towards lottery tickets, you'll be a millionaire in no time. Statistically, actually, Steve, I got to take Ryan's side on that one and say he's probably richer by spending the money on coffee than he is on lottery tickets. Mm -hmm. Just saying, based on stats. Um, I use Consumer Reports for coffee maker reviews. That's a good one. Uh, Don't go to the list of the top 10 coffee machines online kind of thing, because those are based on affiliate links. Make money. Um my 1.5 liter costs me 63 cents a day. Wow, that's doing the cheap guy math right there. Huh. <laughs> um Oh, the shopping <laughs> You could even buy an awesome coffee maker on the shopping channel, Ryan, with 12 easy pays. <laughs> oh, 12 easy payments. Hey, that's what our entire generation is doing to buy everything nowadays anyway, so making payments. There you go. And, you know, it's the cool part is I'm sure there's someone out there that you can actually just make payments uh, on your payments. So I'm sure there's a company that is, has no problem taking your 12 easy payments, breaking it down into 52 weekly payments for a small fee for you. So you can make payments on your payments on your payments. 877-399-9898. Dini is in Winnipeg. Uh, she wants to stand up for you, Ryan. Hey, Dini, what's going on? He, you know, it's all a mental thing, getting out there and getting your coffee. I know it myself. The only time I've missed in the last three years has been last week where it's been minus 50 out. But I have a really good thing for Ryan. There is a coffee maker. It's called an all-in-one. It's made by DeLonghi. You can get it at... uh, it's a long website or Canadian Tire. It makes uh-huh. lattes. It, it does the milk frothing. It makes espressos and a pot of coffee all at one, all at the same time, programmable, 300 bucks. That's go. what I'm saving my money for. Beautiful. That's Thank you, Deanie, for the call. Appreciate that. Deanie's in Winnipeg with some advice for Ryan. So, Ryan, do you take a, a reusable cup for you with your coffee? They don't do that there, which oh. I don't love. You can't uh, you can't bring your own cup there, but it's uh, it's it's the non wax ones, so you can recycle them. But the lids, you can't. You, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am playing the stereotype for everybody right now. Sorry, I buddy. know it's on, you know, on fire. Just saying, uh, Kelly Kelly's in Calgary and has some suggestions too. Here, Kelly, how are you? Not bad, Shane. <laughs> I was just saying, the Keurig is a wonderful machine because it does everything you want, but it won't do lattes, but it mm-hmm. does everything else. Uh, but you like you like the taste that works for you, the flavors and all those things? Oh, yeah. I, I get full, robust flavor out of my coffee bean and everything. <laughs> do you find it's expensive, it's, though? No, not at all. For like, the pods, I can have, no? like, I can have maybe two cups a day at mm-hmm. home if I want. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier than going over to McDonald's when it's cold out. <laughs> that's uh, that's sure. true. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kelly, for the call. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I will give credit to Keurig for a couple of things. Number one, their customer service is fantastic if your machine dies. So that's a good thing. And because um, my parents have had a couple of machines die, and they really do replace them and give you a good customer service on that. So that's worth noting. Last a while. Um, 
Yeah, and they, well, yeah, if they last, they do. Uh, but some of the pods don't fit, and they got to be the right kind with the thing, and then it doesn't read the top properly. And oh, oh my goodness, there was a time my parents would save the tops, and they would tape them on to the new ones because the new ones didn't have the right code thing. So then they could use the old ones with the new ones, and the like. It was seemed like a lot of work. I guess the thing is, is that I find it ironic where we hear so much about millennials, uh, and this isn't you, this is millennials now, about let's be green, let's save the world, as long as I don't have to give up my latte to do it. And, you know, um, if you love your coffee, man, go have your coffee. But I also know how much you love to do other things too. That's a lot of money. It is a lot. Of, I My favorite pair of shoes of all time I could buy in a year if I didn't buy coffee. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not going to not drink coffee. I would factor in no, what Didi said, right? Absolutely. Right. It's a good. Uh, I, I like the idea of finding a nice little middle ground. I have a Keurig now. I can't make a latte, but it's great. It's perfect for at home. But uh, it would be your, cool to get up and make some. You missed your amazing pun there. You even missed your own amazing pun. Oh, did I have a pun? Yeah. Completely yeah, you did. You're saying you're, you're looking for the middle ground. Um, ah, grounds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Clark, who's in Didsbury. Hey, Clark, what are your coffee tips for Ryan? Well, I checked with my buddy's son, threw it at him and said, hey, uh, you got to try this. And what you do is you take about a third of the water, like if, for a drip, you know, like pour your own water. Mm -hmm. um, you put in about a third of the water and stir it a little bit and let it sit for a bit. And then you pour the rest of the water in slowly and you get a much richer taste out of it. Hmm. And that would be and like a I, traditional I, coffee drip? Yeah. But I tried it out, and it was like, OMG, oh, 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 man. Holy crap. Mind you, the way I make coffee is, you know, filter the top of the filter and then pour, keep pouring water in. Right. Interesting. I love that. Do you like the percolator, Clark? That sounds like you would like a percolator just because of the amount of richness to it. Uh, sometimes. What I do oh. like is I used to have this Montreal coffee maker that, uh, and I had one for camping that you put some water inside, you let it boil, and then it shoots up and around over the um, uh, coffee grounds, and you mm -hmm. catch it in a separate container. Oh, yeah. And, oh, oh, yeah. We're talking like steamed coffee. And, mm, and yeah, I've over never a had little, it, but I've seen it. And, well, I had, had one. I think I got it at Mountain Equipment Co-op and took it out camping. And over my little mm -hmm. one tiny one burner stove, it was great. Love it. Absolutely cool. Thank you so great. much. That's great. Clark and Didsbury right there. Holy moly. There you go, Rye. New ideas for you. I'm telling you. Um it's uh there's a lot of options. I've met your buddy um at the your coffee shop. He sure is happy to see you. So if ever there was a, a reason to go, it would be that guy. Hi, Ryan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ryan O'Donnell has uh, sort of confessed his spending, annual spending on his coffee. He loves his coffee, and it's his money. He earns it, hardworking. So who am I to judge? But I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I do it out of a love for my buddy and making sure that he takes care of himself. And Brendan is the one who's the fiscally responsible guy in this group anyway. So I don't know wherever this goes. You have coffee, uh, coffee suggestions for Ryan O'Donnell. How much money do you spend on coffee? I'm super curious. Like truly, um, 
Let's go to Coach, who's in Edmonton. Hey, Coach. Yeah. Hey. Um, so my, my my coffee tip here, and uh, you came after millennials a little bit, so yep, I was triggered, bit. as they say, right? Um, <laughs> is to uh, buy a reusable coffee pot and uh, buy your your fancy coffee grounds, and you fill that uh, reusable pod with whatever grounds you want, and uh, you're you're reducing waste, and you got a great cup of coffee. So that would be my my tip for uh, for Ryan. They make those, they make it's a tiny little basket. Is that what you mean? That tiny little basket looks like a Keurig pod, but you just stuff it? Exactly. Yeah, that's the one. I uh, I just got one, and I, I love it. Is it a pain to clean? Uh, no, you just rinse it out with some water and, uh, and fill it back up. I reuse it for a week, and then I'll throw it in the dishwasher. Huh. Um. Uh, that's great, and you love it. See, there's good advice right there. So you just use normal grounds in this, and then you still get the convenience of the one-cup Keurig. That's exactly right. It's it's the best. Love it. Um, there's a good joke that came out here, Coach, that I, I saw. Um, it's, how do you make a latte, in case you were ever wondering? Just add $5 to a cup of coffee. <laughs> I love, love it. it. Hey, Coach, drive safely, okay, my friend? Thank you. Uh, coaches in Edmonton, 877-399-9898. Um, was that something that could land with you, Rye? Would you consider doing? I, I do that already, actually. I have that on my Keurig, uh, and uh, I do have some really nice grounds. I just, like, I do that at home, but for me, like, the most enjoyable way to consume coffee is in the form of a latte, which I don't currently have the way, the ability, like, I have the grounds to make a good latte with. I just don't have, like, the right, milk and the right uh i don't you know like the the steamy thing i don't know it's like the the thing that makes the weird noise when you're at the mm-hmm. coffee shop it like sounds like it's screaming at you yeah um i don't have that so if i can get that i'm all in 100 percent. check canadian tires be... website for the weird steamy thing that makes that noise i, I found it yeah I did. oh did you yeah what's it called yeah, 300 bucks it is the yeah. uh Weird steamy thing. <laughs> it's the DeLonghi three in one, all in one coffee and espresso maker, as one of many that I have I have found. But this thing does There's make nice all ones. the coffee things at once. Yeah, There's some nice. My ones buddy here, Chad, yeah. he picked up one. It was like a thousand dollar one or a two thousand dollar one, like fancy, fancy. And some guy bought it, uh, used it a couple of times. It wasn't his thing to make it. He's like, ah, oh, not my not my jam. So he sold it for a few hundred bucks. On Kijiji. Nice. Yeah. Um, when should you stop pouring milk into your coffee? When? Before it's too latte. <laughs> uh, Darren is in Barry, 877-399-9898. Hey, Darren. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, thank you. What's uh, what's your secret tip here you got for Rye? So... You don't need the steamer. The steamer's really nice. I used to make them back in the day at a little Italian place. But you can actually cheat it. There's a, there's a little hand mixer you can buy. And it's like a battery-powered. It uh, has like, almost like a spring on the end. And uh-huh. it'll, froth, it'll froth your coffee for you. If you want to make an amazing like cup of coffee, you just make a regular filter coffee in a, in a pot. Um, pour, your, pour your cup. Add your milk, your sugar, or your cream, I mean. And uh, if you add a little bit of MCT oil, this MCT oil will 
just make it absolutely velvety. When you mix it with that hand mixer, you will have one of the best coffees you'll ever have, and you can make it home for nothing. Huh. MCT oil. There's a oh, what is the name of that um, coffee? There's um, it's got a name for it. Um, uh, I'm not sure. My 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 dad got me onto it, and he makes it. He makes his coffee with like grass-fed butter and MCT oil, and it's it leaves yeah. like a smooth feeling on your lips. It's really nice, but I only just use just a quick squirt of the MCT oil. You can get it at Costco for a really good deal. But ah, oh, there's a, uh, a bulletproof it, it, coffee. That's what it's called. It frosted right up for you. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much, Darren. Uh, Darren's in Barry. It's a bulletproof. That's what they call it. Bulletproof coffee. It's got like butter in it, oil in it, all kinds of stuff. It's really actually very good. Um, it's lots of stuff in it. So there you go, Rice. See, all good. You got this. I've got my, the knowledge is worth even more than the money I spend on coffee right now. It's amazing. That sounds like I'm done with this conversation to you, eh, Brennan? <laughs> yep. This is the Shift Podcast. One of the stats that's come out through the course of the pandemic has been jobs, new jobs. The piece of the old world that I am so ready to let go of, for me, is commuting. I'm done with that. I, there's, I have zero desire to sit in a car for 40 minutes this way and that way. Now, that's just what it is for me. I'm lucky because of this job. I don't have to worry so much about um, commuting or any of those things. But that's that's my new line. Like, if you called me today and you said, hey, by the way, um, we got a job for you. The first question will be, um, do I have to commute? Right. So it's different for everybody. If you've been thinking or reevaluating all of the things in your life, or perhaps there's young people in your life that have been coming to you and saying, hey, by the way, I don't know what to do. My, my kids are teenagers. This is what you look at. Where are the opportunities? What matters to you and how do we get there? And that's where we start this conversation. Uh, Claude Brule is the president and CEO with Algonquin College and joins us to talk about the jobs and the careers and Claude, I got to ask you just the, I guess the honest question, you're at Algonquin, you are there, you um, run the leadership team, that's amazing, but there must be something at the college that has piqued your interest, like that younger version of yourself, and you're like, you know what, maybe I, maybe I should take on a career in radio or whatever it is. I mean, it must be tempting. It is. Yeah, I've heard this so many times from many of our staff that uh, they wish they say, oh my gosh, if I was younger again, boy, would I ever want to take this program or that program. Uh, there, there's so many uh, opportunities for uh, new and not so new uh, students to, to come in and learn um, at Algonquin College. Over 300 programs to choose from. So you can just imagine, you know, we have something mm -hmm. that can be just about any interest. And I, for one, I've taken some programs at the college courses here and there just to, uh, you know, something that I've wanted to do, learn about. Yeah. It's, it's great. Now, Algonquin's in Ottawa. So um, for everybody who's not like in that Ontario close by, mm -hmm. it's possible that you know someone that's you know looking to move, uh, do something. I know one of the conversations with my life between Calgary and Ottawa with my kids is look at all the options, including Ottawa options when you graduate. Now, for everybody who, say, is in Vancouver and say Ottawa is not on your radar, well, worth considering, but Polytechnic schools in general in your community 
uh, consider this a good polytechnic conversation for the people who um, are far, far away. So polytechnic schools, that's what I did. Uh, I see value in it. In fact, I just got myself into a, another program similar to you described, Claude, where it was um, you know, really curious to me and I just always wanted to do it. There's a lot of opportunity today for young people, people looking to reinvent themselves, plus people who maybe have already had long careers, but just want to do that dream thing to maybe the last 10 years of their possible working lives, even if they're already retired. Absolutely. And and our median age at the college is, is typically older because of that. We have people who are obviously um, taking a program for entry level. This is going to be their, their first big job in life. Other people are uh, mid-career. They're, they're training for something else, uh, completely different perhaps, or just adding skills in order to perhaps climb uh, the ladder in their particular occupation with their current employer. And we have people yet who are, as you said, they're retired um, and they just, they've always wanted to learn one particular skill and they're coming back uh, to do just that. So we have really a, a mix in, in our classes, uh, both in, in gender, uh, in age, it also very diversify also in terms of backgrounds. And that's what makes um, makes it work uh, in, in, in college. Um, not everybody is, there's not a uniform uh, group of young people. And in fact, we have, um, you know, the sometimes uh, older uh, people, more mature people who come back uh, for a second, third uh, program, take on a, a mentoring role, a coaching role with, with younger people. It's, so it's really fantastic to see. Well-rounded, great way to invest in the community. And that really is what it is. It does boil down to community when it comes to polytechnic, that's for sure. Exactly. Accelerated programs, I've just learned about this. Um, you know, online learning has become so commonplace now. Remote learning has become so commonplace. Yeah. It really is a bit of a perfect storm for organizations like Algonquin and other polytechnics to be able to provide um, learning in a different way. And I've noticed two things. I've noticed two things in this is that there's more access to programs, but it also does create some hurdles with the real tangible tactile um study getting right in front of it right the uh, learning how the machine works remotely is one thing touching the machine is a different thing but in the world of healthcare, uh, for example you guys have an accelerated program that you've worked on in seeing the fractures and fissures inside what we've gone through in the last two years which gets everybody started and i think that that's important to talk about yeah i mean definitely there are things that are more difficult to do uh, on online or remotely whatever term we want to use here um, we're very applied as an institution. A lot of what we do requires someone to uh, demonstrate the skills that, that they've acquired. Um, and I know when the pandemic hit and we all had to go our separate ways uh, for a while when we were in lockdown, um, we pivoted and converted a lot of what we offered, delivered it online, but there were things we just couldn't do. So we could not graduate everyone at the time. We had to wait until uh, it was safe uh, to return and then reopen our labs, our shops, and be able to take all, all of our learners through the remainder of their program in order for them to get those the hands-on components. So um, very much so that uh, you, know, you learn best in many ways uh, by doing, um, and that's, that's the nature of many of our programs. 
Having said that, though, we've been able to incorporate a lot of um, uh, software simulation in, in many of the programs that we deliver. And through the magic of technology, uh, we've been able to deliver some of that um, during the, the pandemic. And those are things that will stay with us afterward. Um, for us, flexibility in what we deliver to learners is going to be key. Um, not every learner learns in, in, in a certain way. Some are more, as you said, tactile. Some are uh, able to, to learn more in this manner uh, online. And so for us, being able to provide the learners with some choice um, in how they acquire knowledge and skills, I think is, is going to make a difference. What's interesting is that uh, just before the pandemic hit, we just launched our online campus. So we've always delivered some of our education online, but we formalized it in creating a completely online campus. And we did this just before the pandemic hit. And, and those folks never skipped a beat. They, they just kept learning and completing their education as if nothing happened. So, you know, there's, there's uh, some benefits to having access to um, knowledge and skills acquisition through through online means for for for, for those to whom uh, it makes a difference. Wow, and it's kind of no excuse. You are a polytechnic. I mean, if anybody's going to have access to the technical people to make that stuff work, it <laughs> should be you guys, um, which is awesome. I mean, talk about you know everything coming full circle and really cool that the online campus really kicked off before the pandemic. Let's talk about that part. Let's talk about how uh, you got lucky into creating that way. Now it's come full circle mm-hmm. and um, running at full steam. Some of the stats Canada has come up with some interesting things about jobs in general, right? There, there are some places. That's why I brought up the support care workers. We've had a lot of conversations on the radio about, um, you know, later, uh, later care and all those types of things um, in the homes that we've seen through the pandemic. The pandemic has created fractures um, in, in care. But it's not the only one that's suffering. We can't just magically, you know, whip up doctors. So yeah. we also can't just magically whip up truck drivers and all the other apprenticeships, electricians, everything else that needs to be done. What have you seen here through Stats Canada's numbers that really makes it worth considering Polytechnics and Algonquin, which Ottawa is the best. I'm biased here. I'm just going to call that out. Um, I'm totally biased to Ottawa on the Valley. Um, Manatech actually is where I'm really biased to. But that's the, where I live. Um, Thank you. <laughs> oh, God, I'm coming to see you. Um, so the this is the there's a lot of opportunity to be had here. What have you seen, and and what do people really need to know? Because it's nice to say, hey, try a new career, but the reality is, is that can be very scary for people and a lot yeah. of work. Once they see where the opportunity is, it's like they can see that light. Absolutely. Yeah. First of all, we work with employers uh, all the time. Uh, we uh, that's our that's our go-to in order to get the evidence, get the uh, the data points we need to say, okay, what are where are the jobs, and uh, to what to what degree are those jobs going to be there in the future? And then building the programs around that, make sure that the skills we give to the students are relevant once they graduate, and there's a job at the end of it for them. Um, so that's number one. Number two, uh, we will do our utmost to try to accelerate this when it's needed for meeting the gaps. As you pointed out, you know, during this crisis, uh, personal support workers were in, in great demand and um, we needed to produce more graduates. And so we're able to put together a program with the help of the Ministry of Health and our Ministry of Colleges and Universities to, um, to accelerate uh, the delivery 
make it uh, easier for people to, to go through the program, including their placement, and actually get them job ready uh, and, and into the field. So we've done this on a number of occasions uh, for different uh, groups of occupations where it made sense. And um, it, it's paid dividends for us in the health environment. Uh, it's worked in, in construction where we needed more tradespeople. Um, and so we'll, we'll take our cues from what the employers need, uh, look at labor uh, employment data, and then build curriculum around this to, to accelerate it where it's needed. Very exciting because that's what uh, you know the, the learners want. They, they want to get to their, the job of their dream uh, as soon as they can. And uh, we're able to do this often by working with employers. So looking forward to doing more of that. Yeah, I like that. I it, it's also it's daunting for people when you call and I like I, with the stuff that I was I have been looking at. Um, it, it, it's daunting when you call and then you get the number right. Education is not cheap no. or free. Now there are all kinds of and I, the thing I can tell you that I learned in this process is that the admissions folks and the advisors that help you through that is totally different than when I did it mm-hmm. back in the, the early nineties. My goodness. In the early nineties, you had to phone, you had to chase them. You had to go have your meetings and then you had this meeting and then to, I had to write a report and I had to write an essay and do an interview. Um, I interviewed Jack Webster from the West Coast in order to get into radio school. Like the list went on and on and on of the things I had to do to get through. Now, in today's world, you reach out, you say, hey, I'm interested in, you know, architecture and all those things or whatever the program Mm -hmm. construction or or whatever it might be, you know, technology program. And then all of a sudden, there's an army of people there that'll be like, okay, so the cost is this. This is what you get. These are the jobs. Do you want to have a conversation with a teacher? Uh, here are the companies that we're, you know, are, we're partnered with. It's all of this stuff. So the number is scary because education is, you know, it costs money. Yeah. But at the same time, the help with grants, the help with loans, the, the end result saying, by the way, your salary could be $100,000 in, inside 10 years. Here's the data to support that. Here's the employers that we work with. Yeah. That seems really encouraging. Now, you, Claude, um, more my age, and you, back in the day, <laughs> I feel like we're sitting on our rocking chair yelling, get off our lawn. <laughs> um, but it's back in the day, it was so much different. How far you've seen it come must be impressive. It is. You know, I've been at the college for over 22 years and I've seen a tremendous change in the, in the focus. Uh, focus on customer, if you want to call it that, focus on client, uh, understanding what the need is and then responding to this need. And to your point, uh, making sure we uh, have the answers, the potential questions we will get from prospects and applicants, uh, making sure we have all kinds of tools at uh, the disposal of um, the candidates so they can make informed decisions. So, you know, we'll have testimonials from program staff. We'll have a day in the life of a student that they can look, look at and listen to. They have a calculator that will allow them to compute, you know, what their cost is going to be. And it's not just the cost of just the tuition itself. You know, there's the books. Uh, if you're coming from out of town, there's the accommodation, there's your, your, your meals, all of that. And, and we want to be transparent. Um, and, and those tools, everything we put in place allows us to do this so that uh, when the student arrives on day one and we go through the onboarding with them, it's, it's not a surprise. You know, we're trying to eliminate the surprises and also prepare the student well because it, it, it's, um, it's no good for us if the student is ill-prepared 
to come for college studies because you know their their lack of success is, is just won't reflect well on any of us so you know for us it's about preparing the students well uh, being transparent about what they're embarking upon and exciting them about what they're going to be able to accomplish once they complete their program of study. So we work with employers, we work with alumni, uh, we invite, you know, graduates back to say, you know, this is a program you're going into. So radio, you know, we have a radio broadcasting program, we have TV broadcasting, as an example, we bring in uh, people who've gone through the programs before to, to help, you know, the new students and uh, excite them about what they're going to be able to do upon graduation. Well, I played records when I went to radio school, so I'll give you a little bit of an era change back to when we did it, yeah. Um, So there are so many uh, facets to Algonquin and Polytechnics, and I should probably note that you are on the board of the Polytechnics Canada, uh, a director of the board for the Polytechnics Canada. So, So, I mean... It, it is fair to look at um, these opportunities as a whole, too. But you have uh, the Algonquin Center for Construction uh, Excellence. You've got all of these different pieces of the puzzle. So it can be exciting going back to work. What are a couple of the programs that you are most excited about? Because, and I'm not asking for, you know, sort of a general, hey, these programs are cool or the building's brand new. Yeah. I'm just sort of thinking, let's let's create an example for the, the shift heads that are lif- listening to the program to go, hey, that's me, right? I've been working as a cribber or a laborer in construction, but I would love to go beyond being a framer. I really want to get into... Um, you know, uh, general construction, general contracting, right? Yeah. I want to graduate into being an entrepreneur. I like foundations or concrete, right? But I want to get into general contracting and manage other people, mm-hmm. just as one example. Of course, with Polytechnics, there's all of the trades that get mixed in there too. What gets yeah. you most excited? Can you give some specifics so people can feel like it's literally uh, e- like in their lap right now? Yeah, absolutely. What we uh, pride ourselves in is uh, the ability for people to ladder and and start with uh, you know an entry level program that uh, you've done recently or not so recently and be able to move from there um, and acquire additional skills in order to go to a different uh, point in your in your career uh, to your point let's take construction for example uh, if you've been a carpenter and uh, you know you've gone through perhaps an apprenticeship you're a journey person and now you're at the point you would like to start your own company as an example, and what what skills do you need to become a, your own entrepreneur? Uh, and so we we offer uh, programs that help uh, that person perhaps uh, develop their business skills, uh, their entrepreneurship skills, uh, develop their project management skills, so that they can take their dream uh, and what they know already about the trade and the occupation and take it to the next level, so that they now uh, can be uh, their own employer and uh, employ other people working for them. That's just one example that, uh, you know, come to mind when you're talking about this particular uh, uh, occupation. But that, that example exists in many other uh, grouping of programs where we've purposely laddered things so that you can start small, maybe with a one-year certificate, and then uh, layer on top of that some additional skills. It could be micro-credentials, you know, small uh, components that add to your skill set that either make you uh, more mobile, more employable by the same employer, or takes you into a different direction with a, with another employer. Anybody who's had to write a resume and says, I don't know what to put on my resume. I've been working the same job for 20 years. 
Um, this is what you put on your resume, by the way, is, hey, I took this course. I took that little course. Yeah. I did this add-on. You know, this is where you start to create your future. And you said radio, so I have to do this. Um, I have to say this. There's an awful lot of people who say I do a terrible job at this. So for everybody who thinks I do a terrible job, go take the radio course, learn how to do it, and then you can come do it. There you now go. You're more than invited <laughs> to be part of it. Um, absolutely. Um, this is very exciting. Check it out. Not only Algonquin College, which is uh, at the center of my heart. I did not attend Algonquin, uh, but because I love the area and it's part of my future, um, I do invite you to do that. And if that's not possible, look at Algonquin, see what they have. And if that's not possible, do check out the Polytechnics because the uh, accelerated access, uh, the support you get is just different. I, you don't need to say anything other than it's just different. It's catered to you and it's going to ease your mind. And maybe now is not the time. Maybe it's six months from now. It doesn't hurt to have the conversation and submit the form online and see where it goes. Thousands and thousands of students, hundreds and hundreds of programs. Um, it's, it's worth a look and what an opportunity. We didn't like the old way anyway. We didn't, we say, I want to go back to normal. We didn't like the old normal. So create your new world. And I think that's an exciting place to start, Claude. Very exciting. Indeed. Love it. Thank, thanks for being here. Really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Shane. And the uh, next time you're on a book, uh, look us up and, uh, we'll have a conversation. That sounds great. Oh, I'm asking you to email me your address. I'm coming to your place in Manitou. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> This is The Shift Podcast. Having babies is amazing. I do, I do stand by this, that saying that, you know, your life really starts when babies come into your life. You know, it's, life doesn't start when you're born, but when your babies are born. Now, for some of us, that can be nieces and nephews, and maybe it's not our own babies. But really, um, when the little people come into our lives, that's really when life begins. I stand by that, really, really mean it. There are two pieces of the puzzle, though that are the best birth control ever. And um, what, for me anyway, what would they be for you? What do you think they possibly are? Uh, Jasper says the crying and the pooping. Um, vomit and diaper leaks, says Catherine. VK, what would the two things for you be that would be the, the biggest reasons to not have babies? Well, one will be a complete VK answer, and that'll be cost. Just money, just yeah. the money, yeah. And the other one would be uh, along the lines of Jasper there, the pooping. I, I don't, I don't like mm. the pooping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm glad I had the babies. For me, it, it's amazing. I love it. Um, fantastic. Uh, but the thought of having one now, like again, especially at my age, even, uh, I've got my reasons. Ryan, what would be the two things that you could guess would be the reasons to not? Uh, do you want my reasons or your reasons? Well, you can actually give both if you want to try to guess mine. Um, okay. And I want to know yours. Okay. Mine, cost, absolutely. And second is essentially having to restart my life in the way, in the sense that how I live now has to completely be restarted and reformatted. Yeah. That might not yeah. be a bad thing, but that whole process. Also, when they're between the ages of zero and like 20, I feel like that might be a rough patch. So, um, <laughs> a rough patch. Yeah. That's the whole parenting style patch. No. <laughs> um, um, okay. Do, so what I are do, mine? What do you think mine are? Okay. Take a wild uh, guess. I'm going to guess what, what are the nasty things? 
uh, probably the, the, the puking because babies puke literally all yeah, the it's time. It's projectile usually. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. And, uh, and the crying, the sleep, lack of sleep. Hmm, okay. Uh, trucker Kevin says green poop to boot for you, Brennan. Um, no, it's the sleeping. Another text comes from Winnipeg constantly being on alert and on guard. I know those aren't the things for me. Um, the good news, Ryan, is you can afford to have a baby if you just adjust your coffee habits. Just saying. Um, but the, the things for me, um, number one is baby drool. I can't do it, man. I can't do this constant mm. flow of mouth fluid. Ugh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I can't do it. I don't know why. But baby drool to me is like the grossest of the things. You're okay with dog drool, though, right? Because you can have the dog yep. now. Yeah, well, this dog doesn't drool yet anyway, so that's good. But, yeah, no, the uh, drool in general, I, I will give that including the, the dogs and the animals, but baby drool, there's something about it that is, uh, makes me, uh. and the other one is how we kick off Are You Okay? Meet Helen, our aspiring advertising executive. Helen's not feeling very creative today because she's wearing one of those diapers that leak. Well, Helen, here's a big idea. Kleenex Huggies diapers. Huggies are form-fitting, and they're thick and absorbent with gentle, extra-wide elastic at the leg. So Huggies hug to help stop leaking and help keep babies happy. Now Helen's wearing Huggies, and that's all the inspiration she needs. Right, Helen? If you wanted to challenge anybody's stand on being green and eco, challenge them to raise a baby with cloth diapers. The most eco of the methods and not disposable diapers. Right? And then imagine. Like if someone says, I'm, I'm, I'm totally green. I love save the world, you know, free the whales and, and, and get straws out of turtle noses, all the things. Then be like, okay, raise a baby with cloth diapers. You go ahead. I was going to say, imagine if their washing machine was outside, too, in Vancouver. And it was too yeah, cold. Was too cold, yeah. Yeah, like your story. That's Dude, amazing. Okay. Um, oh, God, your tub. That'd be so bad. That's terrible. You'd have to throw it out. Yeah, new tub. You'd have to throw out the tub, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay, what I mean. um, Yeah. Let's get started here with Are You Okay? You see, this is the part that I'm done with. Even if I'm a grandparent one day, I'm not sure I could do this part. Are you okay with diapers? They get the job done, I guess. I've never had to use one. Or no, no that's not true. I've been a, used one. I've never had. It's to been a while. Yeah. Yes, it's been a very long time. Um, yeah, I would say there's that movie that. Uh, I think it's Ben Affleck's in where he's he's married and then the wife dies in childbirth and it's him like raising the kid on its own and there's this scene where he's learning how to change the diaper on its own and that has scarred me like that image of a real baby getting its diaper changed it does not look like I I don't want to do that I will probably have to but I'd rather not mm-hmm. now Diapers, I mean, come in handy when you get older. That stuff doesn't bother me. I think that's a very important if, uh, you know, you're part of the sneeze and pee club. Um, that's just an age thing. But incredibly, it seems Ontario's massive snowstorm this week impacted everything in Ontario, including diapers, strangely enough. 
According to police, a transport truck is lucky to have escaped with minor injuries after his rig rolled over on Highway 401 near Maitland. The truck's trailer was filled with, I didn't even know this was possible, 30,000 pounds of diapers. Whoa. Oh, my. What? That's a lot of diapers. That's a lot. I've always wondered, like, potato chip trucks. Like, there's mostly air in the back, right? Like, how heavy is that load, really? That's a good But apparently diapers are heavy when you pile that many in there. The OPP said the incident happened Monday night while the highway was still snow-covered. A heavy tow truck was called in to get the transport truck upright and towed away. No word on if this is an accident. (laughs) Wow. Um, Curious, though. If the driver, after his little spin out and tips over the truck, if he wished he was a customer, <laughs> just, just saying. Oh my God, you won't believe what happened. Yeah. I got to go steal some of the product from the back of the truck and change. Are you okay? Are you okay with Cracker Barrel? Never been seems like a very strange restaurant yeah. and i and i'm team denny's when it comes to like i want to eat garbage for breakfast and i'm gonna love every second yeah. of it do they have cracker barrel barrel outside of the south of the united states no there's i looked i looked it up there's in 45 states there's a cracker barrel okay. but it's just in the states it seems like a very very american yeah. restaurant like i don't think it would do well if it expanded outside of the u.s like waffle house yeah i was gonna say i've been to yeah. waffle yeah. house uh which is all over the south my mom's from the south spent a lot of time down in the southern states um but cracker barrel never been into there's a lot of them though in like north carolina south carolina georgia florida that area they like their cracker really? barrel for sure i just thought it was cheese i didn't know it was Sounds actually like a store it, yeah. until you just said that. oh yeah cracker barrel cheese that's like yeah. the when you want to have what you know is very processed cheese, but a little bit of a fancier version. Really? No, they have like real cheddar, don't they? I think they do. They do also have real cheddar now, but there was like a period where it was just like, this has right. a black label, so it's fancy. <laughs> that's wow. That's the uh, this American restaurant chain and gift shop spans across the southern part of the nation in the United States. But a man visiting one specific shop in Tennessee probably wished he went to Denny's that day. He just won nine million dollars in a lawsuit against Cracker Barrel after he was served bleach instead of water at a Marion County Cracker Barrel store. Yikes. Court records indicate in 2014, Cronin, a then Marion County resident, stopped by the Cracker Barrel in Kimball, Tennessee for lunch and asked for water. His lawyer says the server used a pitcher that contained EchoSan or sanitizer and poured it in his cup. He says the sanitizer had been left overnight in the pitcher in the food service area. He takes three or four big gulps of the liquid before realizing that it was not water. He immediately has intense burning in his mouth and throat. He can't breathe. He starts coughing up uh, bloody mucus. Greer told Channel 3 Cronin was rushed to the ER and this EchoSan safety data sheet was faxed over to the hospital, showing that Cracker Barrel was aware of the incident. Cracker Barrel responded to the verdict and accusation, saying, while we have great respect for the legal process, we are obviously disappointed by and strongly disagree with the jury's award in this case, which involved an unfortunate and isolated incident that occurred at one of our stores eight years ago. 
Compensatory damages were 730,000 for economic damages, 3.6 million for non-economic damages, and the punitive damages of 5 million. Greer says the jury decided their verdict in under 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Quick. Oh, yeah. Where was that guy when Donald Trump was saying that you should just uh, bleach your body from the inside? Oh, yeah, COVID, right? yeah, right. Or use light. Yeah. Well, the COVID that cures. Interesting. I forgot about that. Um, okay, so how did all this happen? The man's lawyer says uh, this is the cause. Oh, did we already do that one? I think we already did that one. No, it's like he, in this in this little bit here, you hear from okay. the lawyer, and it's the actual training practice on how the bleach winds up in that pitcher in the first place, which I think is actually kind of interesting. All right, hit it. Training their servers to soak the parts of a soda fountain machine. It's these little black pieces that unscrew from the soda fountain machine. And they were training their servers to soak those parts in an unmarked water pitcher like this with a mixture of a commercial-grade bleach called Echo Sand and water. Huh. According to NBC affiliate WRCB of Chattanooga, Chattanooga, uh, the man will not uh, get to keep the full amount awarded due to the state law that puts a cap on economic damages. Despite the restrictions, his lawyer said uh, his client is happy about the money, but would take all the money and throw it in the ocean to go back to the time when this did not happen to him. I wonder why he went for the celebratory meal after he won the money. Yeah, probably not Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I would go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on the house. <laughs> yeah are you okay you get the best service ever right like after that there might be like a sign in the back saying be nice to this guy mm-hmm. are you okay with self-checkouts no uh yeah they serve their purpose for me it, when i go to the grocery store i never have enough items to justify not using it because it's just objectively really fast but i imagine when I start like living with Laura or, you know, I, I have a bigger household, I would avoid it at all costs. If I have a cart, yeah. I'm going to the the cashier. If I have a basket, when, I'm going to the checkout. So when you have, when the baby comes? Yep. In 30 years. <laughs> wow. Um, it's a quick way, like one or two items for sure, you know, but if you've got a bunch of items, I like to keep the people employed, right? I like yeah. to I like to go yeah, through exactly. the thing and get the beep and you know exactly. the whatever. Yeah, that's what I say. I I don't like people, but I want them to have jobs. Yeah, yeah. Give me one or two items. Sure. Yep. Swipe. Go. Be done. Exactly. Um, quick way to get your groceries without any human interaction, um, which is really I'm surprised BK would actually choose not going out that way. Well, yeah, that's what I said. I, I said I, I don't like people. I would rather not interact with someone, but I still want them to have a job. I don't wish any economic hardship on anyone. So yeah, I'll make inane chatter with a checkout person if I have to. As long. As long uh oh. Yeah. What people? Okay, so some people do prefer to chat with other people. That's why a grocery food chain in the Netherlands has a cool idea, and they're doing this. Hello. 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 Say hello to Jumbo, a Dutch supermarket chain that is purposely slowing things down at the register in an effort to combat loneliness, especially among the elderly. The store has special lanes called chat registers for those shoppers who aren't in a hurry but may be in need of a friendly ear. The first chatty checkout opened in 2019 as a part of a campaign started by the Dutch government called One Against Loneliness. Whoa. 
Oh, wow. Okay, see, see, now I'd avoid that lane. This, uh, this is amazing. This is why, like, I feel like one day I'm just gonna pack up and move to like a Nordic country because they come up with stuff like this. I love this. Can you imagine walking to a grocery store just having a friendly person going, "Hello, would you like to speak? How are you doing today?" <laughs> I love that. I don't know. I'm just trying something here. Okay. How's your day going? That's what there it is. Doing. Got it. Um, that report is from List TV. Apart from the Kletzkasa, a number of jumbo supermarkets also introduced a chat corner in the stores um, where you can come and have a coffee that's probably not $6.28 and a little visit. Much cheaper. Yeah. So I, what I was doing there is because this is in the Netherlands, and I love Dutch, listening to Dutch is very busy. Like there's lots going on. Oh, it's like language. there's some great memes about Twitter, you know, 140 or whatever it is, 170 characters now in, in English and how in German they use 10,000 characters because the words are so long because mm -hmm. they're neighbors. Uh, Dutch also has a lot of long, funny sounds and long words. So uh, what I typed into Google Translate was, how do you say good morning? Welcome to the grocery store translated to Dutch. So I thought I'd take a crack at it. Please do. Uh, Good morning. Welcome in the supermarket. That's it. <laughs> it's just in English. It just sounds like it's in English. Well, good morning. Yeah. Welcome in the supermarket. There's no, uh, it's KT for supermarket. Ah, uh, it's okay. Uh, my buddy Ben uh, is from the Netherlands, and I love it listening to him speak. It's very cool. And if you ever want to have some fun, you just go online and listen to Radio Veronica out of Amsterdam or anywhere in Holland and um, just just give it a go and listen. And it's amazing how they flip back and forth between Dutch and English like it's nothing. Very cool. You'll appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.